Hello, everybody, and welcome to Minute 105 of Season 5 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee-ki-yay our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action film Die Hard 2 Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today to finish off this week is Travis Bow of the Watchmen Minute. Welcome back, Travis. Thank you, thank you. Great to have you back. Hopefully you've been enjoying this this week as much as I have. And hopefully the listeners have also, are awesome. <laughs> That's probably more important. Well, yeah. I, I, it's, it's it, I don't know. Depends on how, how how you want to look at it. Sometimes it's it's good that we're at least having a good time too. You know, because yeah, you know, if I'm we don't a good time, so. if we don't have a good time, then for sure the, right, the right. listeners won't. You know, those those right. are hard things to get through when the when 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 the hosts are not having a good time. Yeah. So. All right, so minute 105 begins with John trying to think of a solution and ends with John opening the door of the chopper. So we ended things yesterday with John starting to get a little bit disturbed because, you know, he sees that the plane has left the hangar, but he at the same time, he actually is hearing that Holly's plane is having a lot of trouble and could possibly be about to crash. Possibly. So, uh, yeah, he wants to uh, make sure that, that he's able to figure something out. Yeah. So, you know, every, all of his ideas, the, the pilot keeps basically shooting down saying, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. No, 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 not going to do that. So that's not simple for John. He's right now got a one-track mind. He wants to save Holly. Yeah. Which, which is great. I mean, it is the, the main thing that we understand about John from the first two movies is he will do anything to help Holly. And then in the third movie, they just completely change that. <laughs> yeah. That's just gone. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, forget about that. I don't care about her. Right. You know, but, but in the first two movies, his main goal is to save Holly. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's one of the reasons also why it makes John feel so uh, common to all of us, you know, that we can, we can yeah. understand what he's doing because he's not doing it to save the country. He's not doing it. He's doing it to save his wife. That's what it comes down to. Sure. Everything that he's doing, uh, obviously there are, uh, you know, repercussions of him helping others at the same time. But his main goal yeah. is to help Holly. And uh, I, I like that aspect of him. John's the type of person that in the first movie, if he was just in that building and Holly wasn't there and everything went down, I think, you know, he would do the same thing you know he would you know and and this situation if you know i i just think he i think he's going to do what he can to stop you know the bad guys um i agree that you know holly being here is motivating you know you know his intensity but uh i think i think he would help having holly there gives him more motivation so yeah it's exactly what right what what you were thinking there so John just thinks of an idea and he goes, "All right, how about getting about, how about getting over top of it?" You know, and the the uh, pilot seems to maybe agree with that. You know, right. it, it's a little bit more of an idea. I, I don't really know what it really will will do for John, but okay, <laughs> that's what he wants to do. All right, we'll let him do it. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Willis is really good at this sort of acting where you can tell he's making a decision to go do something crazy. Like you can see that he's, he's, he's searching for, you know, a plan, something to do. And the only thing he can think of is, you know, jumping down onto this, this plane. So, um, 
yeah, it, he's he's so good at, at doing all that just with his face. You know, you can tell that he's coming up with something, some plan. Um, I think the throughout this franchise, he's it's he does this a lot. Yeah. Um, probably in other, you know, of course in other movies as well, but in these types of types of movies that he does, where he's he's got to take action, he, he he acts that well. Um, I don't think everyone could do that necessarily. Um, and I also started to think about like in this situation, you know, uh, John McClane walked so Jack Bauer could run. Kind of one of those things. Like it feels very much like if if uh, if this was twenty four, you know, the difference would be that Jack Bauer would just pull a gun out and threaten to shoot the pilot. Um, in in the you know effort to to stop the bad guys, you know. But right, okay, I I, I think that makes it's, sense. It's it's good that John doesn't go that far. That's true. Did did you ever see the parody of twenty four of of you know the I think they call it the the original pilot of 24 from 1990, where you see a guy who's who's it's because there were no cell phones, so he's trying to you know use a rotary phone in order to call people, and you know he has to connect to the internet, and he has the you know the static of of uh, you know the the way that we all used to connect to the internet, where you have all right. the modem <laughs> for the modem and stuff like that. So yeah, it's just uh, huh. it's, it's you should check that out on on YouTube. It's, it's actually pretty funny uh, because it just, it shows how technology was so different and it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, then we're, we're, we're back to the shot of, we're back on the, on the plane itself. You can obviously see that this is a model of the uh, Northeast there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Plane. I mean, one of the things that Rennie Harlan mentions on the commentary is that, the the cargo plane that 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 we saw beforehand and we'll see at the end of this minute again is the only real plane that they use. You know the 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 rest of the planes are all models. You know and they they I think this one looks pretty good. Yeah, it looks pretty good. You know this isn't plane trains and automobiles which steals the 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 shot from uh, airplane. You know um, <laughs> they, they they stole the model from there. So so the the pilot once again gets on the the the, the speaker. We we actually see him. The first thing I like is we see that the co-pilot is putting his seatbelt on, you know, realizing at this yeah. point, okay, we need to do something. And then you mentioned earlier in the week uh, that you that uh, Thomas uh, Everett Scott is here, Tom Everett Scott, and so you see him in the back as the navigator, and like he ruffles his hand through his hair, you know, <laughs> he's stressed, yeah, yeah. completely. <laughs> And then the pilot uh, gets on the speaker and goes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the captain. Your attention. We have no choice but to attempt an emergency landing. And I love the way he says attempt. We're going to attempt it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it might not work, but we're going to try. <laughs> yeah. Please fasten your seatbelts and assume crash positions as instructed by your cabin attendants. And then he turns to the co-pilot and goes, let's have the emergency checklist. So, I, I got to yeah. give give them credit for the fact that they have an emergency checklist because I mean, like we know yeah. that, that they have a pre-flight checklist and stuff like that. You know, we know that from movies and stuff like that, but usually when you're in an emergency, you don't have time to go through a checklist. Yeah. Um, I, I looked into emergency landings and, and that sort of thing. And I did find one article 
um, that talked about there was a situation, I forget exactly where they were coming in from and what where they had to divert to, but they got on the radio and said, okay, we can, they, they, the plane may have taken off right away and then noticed, okay, we've got a problem. We're going to do an emergency landing. So they start going through their emergency checklist and the people on the radio said, well, this runway is clear. Just go ahead and land it. You know, and the pilot said that um, they said, we're not going to take this immediate runway. We're going to continue with our emergency checklist, check all these boxes, go through the emergency procedure as we're supposed to, not just take the the quickest route <laughs> uh, to okay. land. Um, so I guess, yeah, I guess in a situation like this, yeah, maybe it. For, uh, you know, and, and this article then said um, it was actually will tie into um, another bit that I have. But uh, the person saying all this was uh, John Cox, a retired airline pilot captain um, who flew for 45 years and said that that pilot made the right call. Like it was it was right to go through right. all those uh through the steps, not just right. land immediately. But you don't always have that option. Um, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not in every situation. Um, but then the other thing that I was looking up that, that led me to that was, uh, like I said, this John Cox, uh, retired airline captain who flew for U.S. Airways. Um, I was looking up how often emergency landings happen. And uh, he said emergency landings happen more than many of us would like to think. Um, in 45 years of aviation, Cox said he has made between 10 and 15 emergency landings. And in case you were wondering, no one was injured and no damage was reported to any of the aircraft in the emergency landings that Cox had to wow. perform. Um, yeah. And then so it, it was hard to find. I was hoping to find, a, you know, on average, how many emergency landings are there a year? Uh, I couldn't really find that number. I found a lot of sources saying that Heathrow Airport makes one emergency landing every day. Wow. Um, and then other articles saying that's BS. You know that. You know. So I don't know. It's it, it was it was impossible to find a, uh, a you know a reliable source that would you know give me a a good number. Wow. So. Okay, well, I, I actually looked it up also a little bit, and I found different information. Okay. I found uh, complementary information, I guess you can say. So first of all, the the airport that apparently has the most, the highest number of emergency landings is uh, Shannon Airport in Ireland, because you have all the planes that are coming, the transatlantic flights that if they need to make an emergency okay. landing is there. We A few weeks ago, or actually at this point, it's probably a few months now, we, we had a story from Jim O'Kane about the time that he was on a plane mm -hmm. that made an emergency landing into Shannon and they told him two hours beforehand that they were on their way to make this emergency landing. So you, you can go back and listen to wow. uh, episode 48, 48 of, of this season was when uh, uh, Jim was on and told, told that story in uh, what happened to him in 1990, the, the summer of 1990. That's what it was. Um, so one of the things, that, wow. another thing that I found was that there are three main types of emergency landings. There's what's known as a forced mm -hmm. landing, 
where you have to make a landing due to some sort of technical problem and you have to land as soon as possible, uh, no matter where. It doesn't really make a difference. Uh, that's why it's forced because, you know, the aircraft uh, probably can't continue to go any further. Then you have what's known as a precautionary landing where you have a uh, landing set at a particular location, but there's information that you're missing. Um, sometimes it could be uh, that there's a problem with the aircraft or some medical or, or a police emergency or something like that. And therefore, they don't necessarily have time to check the potential landing site going basically to the story that you just told, you know, where you or or even in this situation where, you know, the these, these northeast pilots have to make this, uh, you know, uh, landing. So it's probably a precautionary landing because their instruments aren't working properly either. You know, so and then the third kind is known as a is ditching. And it's very similar to a forced landing, but it's usually done on water uh obviously the the most famous of those is any clue oh yeah the uh what 1495 or something like that 1549 you're very close you got got the numbers you just flipped them around a little bit 1549 the sully sully landing on the the hudson is probably the most that one came up yeah that one came up quite a bit in my in the little bit of research I yeah. did, so that's why that those numbers oh, were in my head. Great. That that works well, and and then the the co-pilot gets on the. We hear him say, "Attention, all traffic on this frequency in Dulles area. This is Northeast 140. We're going to attempt an emergency landing. Be advised." Again, attempt. <laughs> These guys mm-hmm. are not very confident in what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like that he calls them cabin attendants. I don't think I've, I don't recall ever hearing cabin attendants. Uh, yes. Uh, in, I, referen- in reference to. That's right. I think earlier in the movie, he refers to them as flight attendants. And there are times when they're okay. referred to also here as stewardesses. So, you know, that was, that was yeah. back in the day, I guess, when you could refer to people. You could, you could refer to them that way. You know, now, yeah. nowadays you, you risk the, 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 the chance of offending. So you need, you need to be careful what you think. Because what do, what do we use now? Flight attendants? I believe so, yes. That's the more... Yes. Yeah. I think that is the more PC uh, uh, use of it instead of a steward or a stewardess. Yeah. Um, and then the, uh, the, the the shot changes and we see uh, Holly, then we see the old woman, and then it goes back into the cockpit. You know, they, they, they then they show the uh, uh, two flight attendants uh, carrying uh, or mm-hmm. escorting Thornburg back to his seat, and he goes, "I don't want to die. Yeah. I don't want to die. I don't want to <laughs> die." And if you look really carefully at, at second twenty-eight, you see this blonde woman who's like sitting next to the window, and she looks totally yeah. in shock yeah. about the fact that they're bringing Thornburg in this way. You know, she looks pleased. Uh, it looks like she's smiling. Oh my gosh, that's, you know. That's hey, that's Richard Thornburg. Richard Thornburg, <laughs> you know, like completely ignoring the message, you know, from the captain and she's she's happy that's to right. see. Um <laughs> the guy I keep looking at the guy further back in the plane looks like another kind of character actor. He looks like uh Philip Baker Hall. Oh yeah. Guy from uh Yeah. You know, Magnolia, Magnolia. and, and right. a bunch of other stuff. But, yeah, I, I don't think then, it's him. <laughs> no, I don't think it's him. And I love how they they like they belt him in. The two of them they need 
you know, how many stewardesses, sorry, how many flight attendants does it take to buckle in Thornburg? You know, the answer is two. <laughs> you know, it sounds like the punchline yeah. of a joke. <laughs> Thornburg, uh, R- William Atherton goes in this like one shot, does some of like the best acting I've seen in this movie and the worst acting, like all in this one kind of sequence. He, <laughs> when he, when they're guiding him to his seat and he says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I genuinely get the the feeling that that Richard Thornburg is, you know, absolutely sorry for what he's done for this, this panic that he's caused that, you know, um, but then like once they get him seated and everything, he does this weird physical acting where he kind of flops forward and yeah. throws his arms on the, the seat in front of him, mm-hmm. you know, and, and puts his head down. And it's it's very it's it's just terrible, like physical acting that doesn't work for me. Um, yeah, no, it's just too much. But yeah, then the, the biggest question is, is what does getting hit by a taser do to you? Does it is it supposed to make you start <laughs> feeling remorseful? Is that the <laughs> right. the idea here? You know. Mm. So I actually found an article that talks about uh, you know ten different uh, ways that a taser or a stun gun can damage your body. Oh wow! Yeah, you know, so it, it it goes through a list of the different things that. Uh, so the first thing is it can make your muscles seize up like a Charlie horse. So that that obviously could could uh, hurt, and that could sort of be what Thornburg is, is experienced here. Yeah. It, it, they say that it could make your like brain feel like it is shaking like a peanut in a jar. Wow. Cause it's going so fast and they, the people claim that it does hurt a lot. I, I don't want to ever have to find out what it feels like. So, right. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take their word for it. <laughs> um, they say that it could, uh, theoretically, uh, uh, affect your heart and your heart rate depending on, uh, yeah. you know, how, how much, which again makes sense because it is some sort of it is a a type of defibrillator, I guess you could say. Yeah. There, there have been deaths from people getting hit by tasers. Usually, they have heart attacks uh, because yeah. because of this. They can sometimes uh, temporarily affect memory and cognition. It could be uh, emotionally or psychologically jarring and could cause uh, trauma to the person. Which uh, again, maybe that's what uh, Thornburg is going through here. You know, some sort of. Yeah. Uh, feeling of, of of trauma yeah if they have probes that are sharp on i mean obviously here they didn't use uh you know a, a stun gun with with their probes yeah they can lead to puncture wounds scrapes bruises things like that stun guns can also uh, severely harm kidney function mm-hmm. so yeah i guess you, you need to be, be uh you know careful about that not that you really have a choice but <laughs> that's something that yeah. could happen the, the last two are actually very interesting you know some of them is just that you're you remain sore for 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 a few days after the fact, probably because your muscles tensing up. That's right, because your your pain receptors and nerve endings are overstimulated. Wow. Okay, and uh, <laughs> the I guess the most damaging thing that could happen is electric shocks sometimes have caused what's known as uh, testicular torsion. Okay. Basically, tw- twisting your testicles around. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, that that's something that that theoretically could could hurt a lot also. So, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the idea is, is not to get uh, stunned by a stun gun <laughs> or a taser. But, uh, yeah, it, it's something that could theoretically happen. So you need to be careful the about this. The only way to win that. is by not playing. There you go. That is true. <laughs> you know, we, we just hear 
the the two stewardesses saying to Thornburg, just buckle your seatbelt. And he goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're going to be all right now. Lean forward now. Thank you. God. Oh, oh, God. And then it's very strange because, like, we get a shot of Holly and we can actually hear. Yeah. She, like, crosses herself and then she starts praying. You know, she says, yeah. oh, God, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So, you know, she, she's uh, she, she's showing how religious she can be. Yeah, or at least reciting, I think, the, is it 23rd Psalm? Where she where the, that comes from, I think. And it it almost feels like she's paraphrasing, like she's not. It okay. comes right after. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, again, yeah, I'm familiar with this in a different language, so you know, I never never right, think about yeah. that from that perspective. But yes, I ride in this death come for me. I typically only like I get most of my religion through <laughs> movies and pop culture, and uh, so I'm I've heard the 23rd Psalm enough in movies and stuff, and then like going to weddings or funerals like at a church, they'll often do the 23rd Psalm, right. you know, depending on, you know, um, okay. Makes sense. Yeah. So yes, you, you, That's you why are the, the rod and staff are definitely standout, you know, terms. So. Right. That's true. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of, 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 of what it is in, in Hebrew from that one, but whatever. I, I'm the oh, only yeah. who would understand if I were to say it anyway, it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> I mean, I know it. I'm very, I'm, I'm familiar with it. I do know it by heart, but it's not something that I, yeah, you know, that, 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 like right now while we're talking, I can just quickly switch and say, sure, it, so whatever. So then the, the, the shock yeah. changes and we get the, the, the chopper once again, and we see that it's getting closer to the, to the cargo plane, and then we, we see that John starts opening the, the door, and at this point, he goes, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Which is just very, very strange, the whole idea that no one else knows that this is what his plan is. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're just a little shocked about this whole thing, about what he's planning on doing. And <laughs> on, on Monday, we'll talk a little bit more about what's going on, about, uh, you know, what's going on in yeah. inside of the, the helicopter as they're doing this. Now, one of the things that I find really interesting is, is that beforehand, you know, we were talking about the fact that, that with Thornburg and then with uh, with Holly, so you see a whole bunch of different passengers and they're, how they all are getting into the brace position and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I read something very interesting that, that apparently there was a, uh, a, a rumor that the, that, that the whole idea of the crash positions is a conspiracy theory. And Right. I, I have the same thing, I think. And, uh, and that them. it's an urban legend that uh, – that it yep. is ineffective at stopping injuries or deaths, and that the actual intention behind its adoption is to be able to kill passengers <laughs> in crashes, either to ensure a painless death, preserve the remains, or to avoid lawsuits. <laughs> and apparently, yeah. both Myth Mythbusters and Snopes have debunked it, and uh, also yeah. many aviation personnel. But if the aviation personnel are part of the conspiracy theory, obviously they're also going to say that that they're going to debunk it. So, you know. <laughs> So, yeah. Yep, I had that as well. <laughs> All right, great. So you have anything else for this minute before we get into the script? No, that's it. I'm All right, good. great. So for in the script, it starts with uh, McLean is furious, but the pilot is equally tough. Remember, we started with the fact that the pilot refused to get in front of the plane, and then McLean goes, yeah. "Okay, then how about on top of it?" As both men realize they've cut a dangerous deal and start to smile, we cut the Holly's plane. 
The pilot and co-pilot look at each other as their fuel gauge beeps and flashes yellow. Then the pilot says to the intercom, Ladies and gentlemen, our situation is critical. The cabin attendants are lugging Thornburg's unconscious body down the aisle. They strap him in as Holly and the others listen, chilled to the pilot's voice. We have no choice but to attempt an emergency landing. Please put on your safety belts and assume crash positions as instructed by the cabin attendants. The plane engine is glowing through the snow. And then it says, uh, uh, then Holly on the plane, uh, yea, though I walk through the valley of death. To her amazement, she hears other voices mumbling tearfully. It's Thornburg, half conscious. And then it says, Thornburg says, I didn't mean any harm. I just wanted ratings. I had to do it. It was sweep sweet. <laughs> Jeez. Seriously. And then they, they, they cut that and that's it. That's the end of the, the thing from the script. So every Friday, I have a segment called Where Are They Up To This Weekend? Where basically what, what I decided to do was some of my guests are Movies By Minute, people who have Movies By Minute uh, podcasts. So I decided to, I, I figured out a way that I'm going to start testing their memory to see how good they know the movies that they've done minute by minute. Okay. So right now we've reached the point where, where we've, we've hit the one hour and 45 minute mark of this movie. So okay. the the question is for you then, Travis, is since you've done the Watchmen Minute, what is going on in Watchmen <laughs> at the hour and 45 minute mark, approximately? Man. Again, you know, and, okay. and again, I used the director's cut. So, you know, yep. so uh, what, 186 what you... minutes. So that means we've got like 40 minutes left of the movie. So I'm going to put us in. No, what do you mean? You have a lot more than than 40 minutes. This is this is an hour and 45 minutes, 105 minutes. Oh, oh, I was thinking. Okay. No, I know. I understood. I understood. So minute 105. Minute right, 105. Of, Correct. Of Watchmen. Um, There's about an hour and 20 minutes left to the movie. Yeah. Hmm. Man. Um, I think I think we're right around the for some reason, the uh, the sex scene on the Archie on the owl ship. I feel like is around minute 100 somewhere in that region so that would be like post prison break um yeah i'll go with that but that might yeah i don't know okay just so you know there you have 10 minutes till you get to the uh, sex scene okay so hmm. so try and work your way backwards where okay. are we 10 minutes earlier so let's see prison break before that we get um um, then it's probably seen with uh, Dan and Lori in now. Well, I, I don't know. I'm I'm flailing now. Um, I'll put it in in Dan's brownstone with uh, Dan and Lori. Nope. Uh, that 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 okay. happens. That happens a few minutes after where we're at right now. This is the point yeah. where basically Rorschach is being interrogated. Okay. You know where we have the, the line. Yes. Fate didn't okay. butcher her, and destiny didn't feed her to those dogs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's huh. it. I would have. Yeah, I was thinking that was closer to the the prison break, but I guess yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I actually love the prison break scene. I think it's just amazing. oh yeah. It's 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 one of the. I mean, the the whole movie's great, but the the prison break is one of my favorite scenes, especially because you know you have the you know the 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 character. I I always think of him as Mickey from. Uh, Seinfeld, the character played by Danny Woodburn, he, he's just great there. You know, I, I yeah. love the the idea that the, of what they did in in the comic. Is it also played by? Uh, is it also a midget? Um. Yeah. 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 Definitely. 
um, little person in the in the comic. Although I don't, the way that the art is, you know, I don't, I don't know. Oh, yeah, he's definitely drawn to be uh, much smaller. Mm-hmm. So yeah, right. Okay, makes sense. All right, great. Uh, so uh, Travis, do you want to for one final time this season let people know where they can get in touch with you? Yeah, um, I'm I'm working on Minute of Thieves, breaking down uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, one minute at a time. Um, that's going very well. I'm having a lot of fun with that. Uh, so hopefully you'll be able to listen to that soon. And I should have been plugging this like early in the week because because Rob did tell me that this was going to be released um, kind of the first week of October, I, I believe you said, mm-hmm. which would mean that movies by minutes indianapolis is tomorrow so <laughs> if you're hearing this and you're in the indianapolis area you know come on down check out uh i don't know i don't know what the best place to find information for that at this point um we'll probably get something on on movies by minutes.com but but yeah that's that's happening tomorrow uh, as of this uh airing no, well, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to to join us today before going off, uh, you know, to, to to you know, I mean, you you're you're actually you're in Indianapolis, so for you it's not that far. Yeah, it's it's so. down the road from me. I, I'm exactly. the one uh, <laughs> uh, putting this one together. This you're year. the organizer oh, with, this year, you know, yeah. of course, with the help of a lot of other people, of course. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. All right, great. So hopefully everyone will be there, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll see them online. Because uh, uh, Indianapolis yeah. is not down the block for me. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook, find me on Twitter, or you can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. So, Travis, thank you very much for joining me once again this season. And also thank you for the for the artwork. And I look forward to having you back next season. It was my pleasure. And thank you for, you know, bringing uh, Die Hard 2 back into my life. Because I, I didn't say this, but I actually really enjoyed this movie. Oh, um, wow. I'm glad. I, it's always, that it's makes always me so happy been to like hear. the Oh, good, good. Um, I feel like it always gets a bad rap of just being a, a bad movie. But I don't, I don't think it's a bad movie. So I, I agree with you. It's not a bad movie. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, when we get to Die Hard 5, then we'll talk about bad movies. Yeah. <laughs> All right, great. So uh, I will be back on Monday with a new guest. So have a great weekend. Everyone enjoy yourselves in uh, Indianapolis as you're, you're, you're meeting up and having a, a beer and some hot sauce and, uh, and other, other things to, to, to burn your entire system out with Travis. But uh, until Monday... Yippee-ki-yay! If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages, it